The Bringing Water to Life podcast is brought to you by the Irrigation Show and Education Conference. With more than 300 exhibitors and nearly 5,000 attendees, the Irrigation Show provides something for every agriculture, landscape, and golf irrigation professional. For more information on the 2017 Irrigation Show, visit www.irrigationshow.org. Welcome to the Bringing Water to Life podcast, a podcast focused on telling the story of water. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. To everyone else, welcome back. Show notes are available at bwtlpodcast.com. You're listening to episode number 39. In this episode, we catch up on some recent events and then share details about the upcoming Irrigation Show and Education Conference. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bring What Our Life. Did I scare you, Elizabeth? I, I, was, I was distracted. Um, everybody, it's just me. The, uh, you, the, uh, the music kind of soothed you and yeah. uh, just staring off into space. I was looking at photos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Baby goats on the internet? Is that what you're looking at? No, or? I was looking at NASA photos. Oh. I'm, I'm distracted today. You and NASA. I know. <laughs> well, they had a cool mission end yesterday. They did. Or today. This it was morning. this morning. This morning. Early. Yeah. Well, this is Bring Water to Life. We're doing a podcast right now, Elizabeth. Are you, are you good ready. with that still? I got my notes okay. up. All right, I'm ready to good. go. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm John Farner. That is Elizabeth, Elizabeth McCartney, and uh, Brent is still not with us. I know. We'll see him soon. He's like taking a combination of uh, vacation days and work days, like Mm -hmm. interspersed throughout his time elsewhere. So I I never know, like, can we have him call in one of these things? Or, I don't know, technology might stand in his way. I don't know. Yeah, we could test it at least maybe. So we we know if we can do it or not. Because he's not going to be back until after October, and yeah. uh, we all know he's the he's the glue that holds his podcast together. I know so. we're missing out on his tips. We should have at least email him for a tip of the week. Maybe I'll text him <laughs> during the podcast. See if you can get yeah. him to send something <laughs> in the next thirty minutes or so, or text him the birthdays. Hey, Brent, guess this person's birthday. Oh gosh, right? Still do better than me. <laughs> well, let's start out with that. Let's do the birthdays, and oh. then we'll get off because we, we have some pretty cool things to talk about today. All right, not no. Okay. Okay. So today's uh, September 15th. Happy Friday. Yes. I know, right? can't believe it's already the middle of September. I know. I feel like these weeks go by so slow. And fall. And the, like, weeks go by so fast. It, does that make sense? Or the days the go by days so slow. The days go by slow, yeah, and the weeks go by. I, that makes sense. And it sense. goes fast, right? Yeah. But now I'm just looking forward to hockey season <laughs> since football season's awful. Already. Though I have noticed the games are shorter, which was nice. There were a lot less commercial breaks, I felt like, uh, during the games That is so because This isn't a sports podcast. We I'm can sorry. do a sports no, cast if I'm we want sorry. to. I'm sorry. I'm mean, talking about the time of year. Yeah. I mean, do you know the reasoning behind all this? Well, yeah. They're trying to cut down, get it right. under three hours. But do you know what they've done? They, they've reworked the, the commercial spots. Oh, they, they're in they did diff- rework They're them. in different times, and they're shorter. Yeah. So... If you watch a game, the commercial spots are at different times throughout the game, and yeah. they are shorter as well. But that's also because the offenses are not good in the NFL. No. And there's a lot lower scoring that first week, so the clock. This is yeah. this is My team this is, we zero. are we are way off topic. Zero points, but continue. <laughs> I'm just saying birthday I'm just, game. Okay, like like we're that's on topic. Is the birthday game going to be on topic? Is it water? Uh, one of them is. All right. Do it. Well, okay. So today's September 15th. Two people are celebrating a birthday today. Uh, first one is Prince Harry. 
His, uh, His Royal Highness Prince Henry of Wales, otherwise known as Prince Harry. His birthday's today. 33. One for one? Yeah. Did you know that? I just knew he was, like, how much older than he was than me, probably, based on, like, when his mom died and stuff. Okay. You know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Good job. Yeah. Yay, Elizabeth. See? Thanks. Thanks. Good job. Also celebrating today, uh, Laces Out Dan, <laughs> Dan Marino. Oh, and I saw him on TV yesterday. I wonder if they mentioned that. Is yeah. he still? Is he still doing like? Uh, I think it, was not, it was a commercial or oh. something. Or no, it was an interview with him, and he was saying how he doesn't have a ring. Oh yeah, he doesn't have a ring. <laughs> he does not have. Yeah. A, well, you spend your time with the Miami Dolphins. You're not gonna win too many Super Bowls. <laughs> but he was in a movie. Uh, Laces Out Dan. I know Ace Ventura is a great movie. Don't rewatch that movie. Why not? It's so politically incorrect. It and really awful. is. It really. It was. And I watched it when I was in first grade. Oh yeah. Like, what were my parents? My kids, I, <laughs> we're now talking about having them watch Wayne's World, which I think would be great mm-hmm. for them to watch. But Ace Ventura, no. No, it's, it, yeah. No. Anyway, okay, he is probably 48. Mm, you shot low in that, 56. Okay. Quarterbacks play till they're kind of, till they're older. Yeah, yeah, he may, he was playing into his 40s, okay. so... Uh, last one, September 12th, uh, Governor of Kansas, former Senator of Kansas, Sam Brownback. I have no clue. He like, spearheaded, no clue. Uh, spearheaded some water legislation, yeah. a 20-year water plan in Kansas that we were somewhat involved in a few years back. Trying to so water, water's been a pretty big Component. focus of his throughout yeah. his years as Senate. He was on the Ag Committee. Mm. So he's been, he's been very focused on water throughout his tenure, both in the federal and state governments. Okay, I'm trying to picture him. <laughs> 54. Uh, 61. Okay, dang it. Can you picture him? Yeah. Okay. I just didn't help, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm really bad. Yeah, People he's, that um, are older than me by a lot, I have no clue how old they are. I just am not good at that. Yeah, well, 61's not old, Elizabeth. No, but older than me. Okay. I'm just saying. By a significant amount. I'm just saying. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, Irma. Yeah. I know. Our last podcast, we talked about the last hurricane. Harvey. Harvey. And uh, thank you. The name was slipping my mind. And now we have Irma. Did you see the older couple named Irma, Irma and Harv Harvey? Yes. I know. I got it's really cr- emotional it's reading crazy. that. It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. I know. How do people find these things? I know. Uh, they were cute. Yeah. So, Irma. Now, I have a few thoughts on this. And uh, again, what, what, how it hit Florida is amazing to me. But I think what really needs to be looked at are the forecasts mm-hmm. and how that thing changed in the days before it made landfall. Yeah. And I say landfall as um, even through the Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it hit Cuba. It hit, it, it blasted the British and American Virgin Islands. I mean, blasted them. Yeah. I mean, to the point of unrecognition and some islands are now, have been 100% evacuated mm-hmm. and who knows when civilization has returned to some of these islands? Well, the satellite imagery showing it early or mid-August, I think, than today. It's time, amazing. It was right. green and lush, and now it's just brown. I think it's the Washington Post had that sliding, like. Um, oh, they have one of those. Yeah, yeah those where you are can. Neat. Yeah, so it's. Uh, anyway, it's it's devastating down there. Um, what happened to those those uh, islands in the Caribbean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Uh, just seeing the visuals and what folks have gone through in St. Thomas, St. Martin. Um, it's a small island. It's not not Bermuda. It sounds like Bermuda. 
I forget. It's very small. It's like an island of 1,800 people. That's completely vacant right now. 300-year oh, wow. history. Anyway, uh, but let's talk about the Florida Keys real quick and into mm-hmm. Florida because you look at the lower Keys, and they are still without electricity or water and no way to get in and out of the Key West right? Uh, unless you are helicoptered in and out. Didn't most people evacuate? Most did, most did evacuate the Keys. There are a few that stayed behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are trying to get back to their homes and they can't they're not allowed i think you can go as far as uh marathon island right now i think you may be able to get to a few islands below that but you cannot get to key west it's just impossible have you you been to key west i haven't i've always wanted to go my my husband's brother has a timeshare down there. oh really Mm -hmm. it's um it's a fun area and you drive i've been to the keys a few times i've been to key west a couple times and I, uh, you, you drive to the Keys and it's, it's a long drive, you know, starting with basically Key Largo and driving okay. through a marathon and down, down to Key West. But some, uh, key, some islands are bigger than others and, um, but they're all beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a way of life, it's a style of life, yeah. livelihood down there. People live their life a different way in island life. And you get to Key West and it's little, it's, it's, it's a bigger island down there and it's just, there's a lot of homes and you don't really... You know you're on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an, an island lifestyle, but you don't realize how small it is and how isolated it is from the mainland of Florida. But just because it's just there's roads, there's cars, there's, mm-hmm. there's shops, there's food. I mean, it's just it's a way of life. And now it's a ghost town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the restaurants are closed. The bars are closed. I think there's one motel open, maybe one. Wow. Uh, there is one bar that's open, not to serve alcohol, not to serve food, but because they rigged up a working phone line. Oh. It's the only working phone on Key West right now. And people uh, can line up and call home, hmm. basically. And uh, no electricity and no water. So if you stayed back, uh, FEMA and other you know, operations are flying in yeah. water for you and, and, and food for you. And it just goes to show that if without water, you just there's you can't survive. There's right. no way to survive down there right now, and they have no access to clean water for drinking right, right now down there. So it's a shame. And the way that so I, I started talking about forecasting. The original, originally, they talked about they uh, forecasters <laughs> like NOAA, I think the European models right. had Irma coming up through the Mid Atlantic mm-hmm. and hit possibly hitting eastern shore of Maryland, yeah, and into Washington D.C. And of course, we had. I mean, you barely had any rain, barely right. any rain because of Irma in this area. Uh, but that changed significantly by the day yeah. as Irma was making its way west and across the islands. And then they thought they, forecasters <laughs> thought that there, it, it was going to make landfall on the eastern shore of Florida, basically, you know, Miami, Fort Lauderdale yeah. up in the Key West. And then the next day you saw it just continuing westward. And all of a sudden you thought that, Okay, the upper keys might get hit, but Key West, maybe just barely any rain. And then it took a westward turn again, and then it made landfall just in between basically Key West and Marathon, and then up the uh, up the coast, the yeah. western. And they said, well, it'll make a right-hand turn, but then it kept going left. It kept going left, yeah, up to Atlanta, right? To yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, it's just up to Alabama and up that way. And it's just amazing how our technology and our forecasting models still – are not perfect. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of good that's coming from forecasting. There's a lot of good they did, but if you look at the original forecast, what, and, and right. forecasting hurricanes is very They're always hard. pretty solid two days out. 
right? Yes. And they had like the two day thing. Well, even the even the two day. I mean, oh, you, 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 you have the cone, yeah, and the it cone. was within the cone, but right. it's still forecasted yeah. it to go eastward. Yeah. And each day, I felt like it was okay. We're going west. Mm-hmm. We're going further west. We're going yeah. further west. Uh, but you look at all of Florida right now, right? And the way the hurricanes are, if you look at it on a map, the left hand side is smaller than the right hand side, with the eye wall being the strongest part of it. But the majority of the rain and wind are on the backside mm-hmm. of the hurricane. It's just larger. And so that hit all of Florida. And you saw the flooding that occurred in Palm Beach, in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. And that's all because that left hand, or the right-hand side of the hurricane, the right-hand side of the hurricane, came up through the state and caused all kinds of destruction to the point now where there's still a significant amount of people in some larger counties in particular in central Florida that are without power yeah. and may not get power until after the weekend, yeah. which is tough because it's 90 degrees yeah. and humid down there. It's hot. And a lot of retirees. Well, there's the nursing home situations right. were pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, folks died. Yeah, I think six people died down there mm-hmm. at a nursing home. So, uh, but f- people and volunteers are doing great work down there trying to get as much resources as possible to the state and... It's just tough, mm-hmm. you know. It's tough to watch, and uh, you just you know wishing the best down there, you know. Yeah. It's anyway, that's all you can do. I know, I know. It's it, uh, it's 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 very hard. Two back to back hurricanes, and now you have mm-hmm. Jose. It may it may come up through New England, and you have two more formulating. Yeah, I was gonna say there's off two the western coast of Africa. It's, yep. It's busy hurricane season. So it is far. a busy Let's hurricane season. Let's hope it fades away. Fades yeah. off soon. And, uh, and of course, it becomes political with the talk of climate change. Yep. And uh, you're going to see more and more of that, you know, given the, the, poli- the political dynamic mm-hmm. and the rhetoric going on right now on whether this is climate change or not climate change. I mean, you're just going continue to continue to see that yeah. debated. And so, so yeah, so speaking of, uh, speaking of water and a lack thereof, Portugal right now, uh, there's a headline in the Washington Post. Uh, Portugal faces dire drought, the worst in more than 20 years. Oh wow! And I'll just read some um, some snippets of this, and you can you can react as, as you like. Um, so it's a quote from the article: "Water has sporadically been scarce in this part of southern Europe for centuries, but Portuguese Environment Secretary Carlos Martins tells the Associated Press that quote it is getting worse with climate change. So that's not something you'll hear from our no. Government right now. No. At all. Uh, and whether it's gotten worse or not, I mean, in the United States, they'll say, yeah, it's gotten worse, but it's not because of climate change. It's just, it's the way it is. You have bad hurricanes, you have bad storms, you have bad droughts. You have yeah. Short droughts, the way it is. So, again, Martin's the Environment Secretary, said a government drought monitoring committee is working to reconcile the conflicting demands placed on the region's scarce water, sur- water, water resources. Mm-hmm. Making sure there's enough water for drinking faucets is a top priority. And that is a top priority, yeah. right? And you see that going on in the United States now with what I just talked about with Irma. It's, it's all about getting that clean water back to their citizens yeah. so they can, they can survive. And power is one thing, but water is definitely another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> the next paragraph, and we work in the irrigation industry, so this, is, this was pretty interesting to me. Uh, that could help. That could, I wish I could read. That, that's step one. You're struggling today. I am struggling. It's Friday. To read. To read. <laughs> it's public school education, Elizabeth. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> public school education. Well, no, I, I had a good public school education. Yeah, me too. That could end up bringing a ban on the irrigation of farmland, mm-hmm. which ends up 80% of the region's available water. Farmers are fretting over their parched pasture land and wilting cereal crops. Cattle breeders are demanding drinking water for their livestock, and energy companies want water to flow to keep their hydraulic production at dams. Oh. And so you can, talk, you can see now that's, you have their, so for their lack of water that's available, there, you know, uh, there's a lot of demand for it. Yeah. Many people here make a living from farming and cutting off irrigation would sound the death knell for their jobs. Uh, and, you know, it, it doesn't go into, okay, so if you, if, you do, if you do turn off the irrigation, what does that do for the, uh, the food accessibility right. for the area? I mean, how much, this article is not going to that, but I'm very curious to see, okay, so their jobs are one thing, right? Mm-hmm. What does it do to food, food, food availability? Right. For folks living in that country, in Portugal. Um, Antonio Sardina, an 82-year-old subsistence farmer with thick fingers and sun-kissed complexion. I love that part. I love the description they give there. Says he's never seen his re- the reservoir so low. Official mm-hmm. record states 18% of capacity. The water in his well is so shallow, he says, that his bucket hits the bottom. That's got to be a rough feeling. Yeah. And then the final quote is, uh, quote, water is the key to everything, he said. Mm-hmm. You need water to create everything else. Which a great quote, right? That's a very good quote. Yeah. I, I saw accurate. that and I was like, it's very accurate because yes. you need water, you know, to sustain life, whether it's a plant or, or animals or humans or whatever. Right. Well, and they're talking about you need the drinking water, mm-hmm. but he's not wrong. I mean, you need, if their economy is based on agriculture, what is that going to do to the rest of their economy if you're yeah. stopping production? Because yeah. You need water for other things, but drinking water, obviously, is yeah, and a priority. Listen, a, a tough decision needs to be made. Yeah. And that's why it pays to have a drought plan in place. There's no surprises, mm-hmm. right? Uh, politics are always going to get involved in this, but we, we look at working with states and their drought plans, and they'll say, okay, so if you're no drought, you're in basically straight, the, the, um, you're basically zero. And then you could be at stage one. You know, and so the, the, these things will be kicked into place in stage two, stage three, stage four. And it's different in different areas. Yeah. Some states have drop plans. Some municipalities have drop plans. And politicians will always be the one that declare or have oversight over a board who declares what stage and drought you're in. But at least it's not a surprise. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in stage three drought, you know irrigation for landscaping may be turned off or it may be significantly reduced or mm-hmm. regulated to days of the week or certain technologies may be exempt or whatever it is, but there's no surprise. Yeah. Right. And if you're in stage four or even stage five drought, depending on how high you go, then you could be in trouble. Right. Now you're talking about, okay, you know, landscape irrigation. Yeah. Good, to, good luck with that. Truly prioritize who's yeah. using the water. And we need people to drink. Right. Yeah. And now we're looking at ag use too. And so, and we saw that in California and, you mm-hmm. know, the amount of water going to ag and was given to them and how much water the environment was taking as well, in addition to humans and other so other resources, other uses. So that's why we encourage municipalities. I don't think our nation needs one per se, but municip- states, municipalities, to look at a drought plan mm-hmm. and, and, and work with stakeholders to develop drought plans just so there's no surprises and people know what to expect. And so you have your government ready to respond. Yeah. You know, so they're all working together. And that's, you know, you look at what's going on in Portugal right now, and it's, it's a, again, a tough situation. Mm-hmm. So so speaking of plans, a few, a little while back we had um, talked about the 
Irrigation Show, which is coming up in early November, and we will be at that show. We'll probably do a podcast, at least one podcast recording. We did one last year, yeah. and it was great. So if we have time, maybe do two down there this year. Who knows, right? We'll see what we have time for. Yes, we but can make time. <laughs> the registry, at least me and you. Who knows what Brent will do, Elizabeth? <laughs> Uh, we're going to be in, or- in Orlando right. this year, um, and uh, it's our show brochure is out. Our registration, not the show brochure, the registration brochure, brochure is out. But I wanted to go into talking about a little bit what uh, are some of the opportunities that are mm-hmm. out there. And this is a little bit self-serving in that, yeah, we're going to be promoting the show here, but focusing more on education and the topics that are going to be discussed right. that are relevant to what's going on in you know, our communities right now, mm-hmm. you know. So I want to talk about that. And uh, do you have any thoughts to start off with? Do you want me to? No, go ahead. Okay. I'll fill in. So the uh, we'll start with the keynote speaker, mm-hmm. who I find pretty fascinating. And uh, I don't know how much about water he's going to be talking about, but Doug uh, Roush, R-A-U-C-H. I don't know how to pronounce I should figure out how to Roush. Roush, maybe. Uh, he's the former uh, CEO or president former president of the Trader Joe's company. And it's described here as a popular neighborhood grocery store. Are they nationwide, Trader Joe's? At least in big cities, they're nationwide, I think. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Here we go. He worked to grow the small nine-store chain oh. in Southern California to a nationally acclaimed retail success okay. story with more than 340 stores in 30 states. Yeah. So that's 30 pretty, states. That's basically yeah. nationwide. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. He retired from Trader Joe's in 2008. Um and directed his focus towards other work, including helping finding a solution to the hunger problem. He is currently the CEO of Conscious Capitalism, mm-hmm. which looks at how four specific tenets, higher purpose, stakeholder integration, conscious leadership, and conscious culture can simultaneously build stronger businesses and improve society as a whole. So that's pretty interesting. That, yeah. Right. So it's, that grocery store background, focusing on food. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is retail, but it's retail in a way. It's different than other commod- than other goods. This is, you know, food. Yeah. And Trader Joe's, they have a different focus than other grocery stores do and what they what they sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. It should be very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I I love Trader Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. The prices so. are always a lot lower than I expected them to be. Yeah. Either. Really. Yeah. <laughs> So. Uh, there are no Trader Joe's near my my humble abode oh, really? in the um, middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, Maryland. But yeah. uh, we so. we frequented Trader Joe's quite a bit when yeah. we lived in Northern Virginia. The only issue is parking in every Trader Joe's parking I know. lot. Well, the one the one um, you know Tyson's Corner talk here. The one in Tyson's Corner is ridiculous. There's never any parking out yeah. there. So anyway, so that'd be good. And then so that's that's the um, that's the keynote. Mm-hmm. But then we have the water summit too. Right. Okay, which I'm looking forward to. Third, third one. Well, it's our third water summit. Yeah. Uh, we've it's this this event has morphed into focusing on different things. Um, the past two have been called a drought summit. Right. But we wanted to kind of expand the scope a little bit of the summit itself and call it the water summit. And so the the summit itself is going to be held on that Friday, November 10th, down in Orlando, and it's open to everybody regardless whether you're registered for the show or not. So anybody that's in Florida who wants to attend the Water Summit can do so. It's at the Orange County Convention Center, Orlando Convention Center uh, in Florida on, on Friday the 10th that morning. And it's going to start out with a featured speaker. And right now I've gotten word that uh, we have a possibility of getting Adam Putnam to come speak. Right. Um, we're not really promoting that anywhere yet, but I'm working with his scheduler. He's been officially invited. And I know that this is before the hurricane had hit, and he's doing a lot of work as the – 
commissioner on agriculture, um, the, the, for the Florida Department of Agriculture, he's doing a lot with, uh, with hurricane relief in Florida right now. But hopefully he can find some time uh, to come speak to us about what his experience has been in dealing with water, water planning, water resources uh, in Florida, as well as during his tenure as a congressman from yeah. Florida as well. And now he's running for governor, too. So he's uh, going to be talking a little bit about his, his run for governor as well. So hopefully he can make it. That'll be great if we can get him to come speak. That'd be I know really great. He has an ag background, high focus on water. So it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, uh, we've. And I love using panels here. We've had panels in the past. And I think it's, you know, my goal as a panel, Elizabeth has seen uh, me moderate a few panels in the past. Mm-hmm. But my goal is to really get as much interaction as possible between the panelists and, and drive yeah. conversation between the panel as well as folks that attend. And uh, the next one's going to be focusing on sustainability and water use and really look at urban water use as well as rural water use and how there's some interconnectivity there and what sustainability means. Because sustainability is one of those words that has a different buzzword. definition. It's a buzzword, mm-hmm. different definition depending on who Because who doesn't want right. something sustainable, right? Right, right, so. right, <laughs> right. Um, you know, my, my definition is economic, environmental, and social component to it. Mm-hmm. If those three have positives, that, that's sustainable. And that's, and that's generally a pretty accepted um, definition for it. But people, different people have different definitions for it. So we'll have a sustainability and water use panel. And then finally, we have a water challenges panel. And our, our goal here is to look at different areas throughout the southeast and look at what water challenges their states and communities have faced mm-hmm. uh, and how they've responded to it. So we have folks from Florida, uh, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia going to be talking about their different perspectives on water challenges facing their state and how their individual stakeholders, um, who they represent, have, mm-hmm. have responded to some of these challenges and what they're doing for planning in the future for water challenges that may hit. So, and that'll take us to about 12 noon. And it's going to be Great discussions. Um, you know, we'll put information about it on our on the website, and um, maybe we'll get some of these folks to participate in a podcast. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it should be it should be very good. We're really looking forward to that water that water summit as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting because we're on the East Coast this year, so to have not the West Coast perspective like we've had the past two years. I'm excited to hear from these speakers. Yeah. So anything that you that you can. Well, I mean, I think one of the big things that are we have the irrigation show, but we also have the education conference as part of that. So that's a big thing where people come in to take classes. And this year we have 26 different classes. So whether it's in pumps and soils, agriculture, landscape, and golf, irrigation, there's classes offered. This year, though, we actually have two classes that are going to be offered in Spanish. So I think um, it's good to see our education group, really. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Elizabeth? I don't know. I didn't mean that out, though. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. It's um, – we kid because um, – Getting getting involved in, in developing education in the Spanish language is important. Is very important. It's very important. Um, yeah, so it's it's how it's how you promote it. It's going right. to be very key, and um, it just it's a it kind of laugh because we've seen it promoted different ways. It makes yes. us chuckle. So yeah, it's uh it's but it's something that we need to do more and more of. And it's a concern, I think, to a lot of either the employers or local governments that are trying to make sure people are doing the work properly you need to have reaching out to people that English isn't their first language and make sure that they can also take these tests and become qualified. So I think it's a great opportunity that we're offering down in Orlando this year. Yeah, and sometimes it's the the folks who design and manage projects, mm-hmm. whether it's irrigation or 
gosh, even architecture or any kind of building or I would dare to say some plumbing even. Yeah. Understand and are well-educated and maybe are certified and speak English very well. But then the folks that are actually implementing it, that workforce, Mm -hmm. are not always the ones that English is their first language. And educating and training that workforce, developing that workforce is very important, specifically in the irrigation industry. That's very important. And encouraging those folks to not be scared that English is not their first language, that there are resources available to them to succeed in our society. Right. Because they already have the experience. They might already have the experience. They just want to have this extra step um, to take extra classes and learn. But if they're not in Spanish, it might be more challenging for them. I mean, I actually saw, so we had a bunch of plumbing work done in our basement and the plumber that came out, the guy that he works with, his English was not his first language, but he was very skilled and he actually did all of the work on our basement, um, and the plumber was only there for like the first few hours each day, just making sure that we knew what was going on. So yeah. I think yeah. it's common in a lot of those trades. I agree. I agree. And it's something that we need to accept as a society mm-hmm. and welcome it. Um, getting on kind of a, a soapbox here, <laughs> but that's fine. I don't care. Um, I, my nine-year anniversary with the IA, with the Irrigation Association is today, so I'm becoming more and more vocal <laughs> in my own opinions as, as my tenure moves on, but it's something we need to accept. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the way it is, you right. know. So if you don't like it, send me an email. Um, so good. Anything else? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is just we have the, the either the Pitcher's Mound or the New Products Contest. So we talk about yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. saving that's technologies right. on here. So, so I yeah. did want to bring that up. Yeah. Um, the Pitcher's Mound, as I, I shuffle through. Uh, so the Pitcher's Mound is a play off a of shark tank. Okay, yeah. and that's like that is a very trendy thing to do right now at these kind of shows because we're seeing other other shows even within our trade um, do this same kind of thing mm-hmm. where you have people pitching technologies and you have some industry veterans and maybe even some investors up there saying yeah it's a good idea not a very good idea maybe some business will will come of it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one that we had mentioned here with Brent a little while back on the podcast, and. It was about an article that American Water wrote about Smart Irrigation Month. And they also mentioned a, um, a, a person, a gentleman, who was on Shark Tank and had uh, some investment come from his invention. And it was called a teepee. Um, and so the guy's name is Johnny Georges, and he's creator of the Tree Teepee and a former contestant of ABC's Shark Tank. He's going to be attending the irrigation show at the Pitcher's Mound to talk about his experience at the show. Great. He's from Florida. Yeah. Um, this was announced on September 11th. Mm-hmm. We sent a press release. The Irrigation Association sent, sent a press release out about this. Uh, but George is, he grew up on a family farm of, cit- of citrus trees uh, and created the Tree TP, which is a water and nutrient containment system that allows growers to use significantly less water when irrigating trees. Um, he caught the eye of entrepreneur and philanthropist John Paul Dehoria, D-E-J-O-R-I-A. Dehoria? Dehoria? Sounds about right. Uh, he was a guest, quote, shark on the episode in which George has appeared. So he, he actually got something out of it. Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating seeing him attend, and uh, it's something that's relevant to water mm-hmm. and water conservation and agriculture specifically. Uh, and so he's going to be attending uh, the irrigation show, which is another, another, another cool thing about that. 
But it, so the, we, we run ads about the irrigation show before each one of these podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, and we did want to spend one episode talking about, at least a little bit about the irrigation show because it is coming up. We may not have an opportunity to talk about it in the future. We'll be attending Watersmart Innovations here coming up pretty soon. We'll probably record a podcast out there as well. Um, Brent will be there. Brent will be there. It'll probably be the next one he's on, actually. <laughs> and uh, it's, but the website's irrigationshow.org. Mm -hmm. Check it out. It's not for everybody. Uh, you know, it's definitely not for everybody, but if you're, if, if you're interested in irrigation specifically and water, uh, water use in, in agriculture or landscape, it is a pretty cool event to see the different technologies out there, which are, which are amazing. And even in the nine years I've been here, the different technologies have gotten so much better. Yeah. It's just amazing what, and it's gotten better ever. I'm looking at the iPhone X. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Right. The expo hall is just amazing. Yeah. You know, at the irrigation show, yeah. I've awesome yeah and so it's uh you check out different technologies so good um any big plans this weekend elizabeth no but i have a tip of the week from brent oh my god i got one <laughs> i saw you in your phone yeah you there you had a tip did right. brent chuckle like a haha -ha or lol while he wrote back well i sent him an email with just the subject line tip of the week question mark and he emailed back i don't understand there's nothing in this email <laughs> so um but it's okay so then I said, he's like do you want a tip of the week and i said yes and he sent me one so tip of the week. From Brent. This is a Yogi Berraism. Oh, Yogi Berra. Do you know who Yogi Berra is? Yes, I do. So, but he said Berraism. So, you know. Yogi Berraism. Yes. Yogi Berra apostrophe-ism. Right. You can observe a lot just by watching. This has been meaningful to me this past week while I was having vacationing in the western United States, and I have observed irrigation well done, where obviously people are doing their job and care in places where it needs some attention. Obviously, no one is watching the system, and when water is going places that it was not intended, so I like Yogi saying, "Again, you can you can observe a lot just by watching." So pay attention, people. I agree with that one. <laughs> I I that's a good tip Especially of the week. when you're driving. Well, driving or just in society, pay uh, attention to what's going on around you, and don't just believe what other people tell you. Man, this is deep. It's deep. Whew. 2017 lesson of the year right there. Yeah. Tip of the year. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll close out by uh, congratulating our friends over at the Water Zone as well. Yes, that's uh, right. They've gotten a lot of recognition lately. Uh, they're winning an, an, you know, an award from the Irrigation Association. They uh, got some um, recognition from their member of Congress recently. The Water Zone, if you're not familiar, is a, um, is a radio show put on by the Toro Company. Out in California, it's KCAA Radio. They're podcasted, and they're also on um, iHeartRadio, I, I radio, yes. which we should get on that, Elizabeth. Can you we're, look into us getting on, on iHeartRadio? We're working on it. Uh, but it, it, uh, put on by Rob Star, Mike Barron over there. And it's, I've been on a couple times. Yeah. I know our CEO has been on a couple times with their radio show. They do a good job on educating specifically on irrigation. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to congratulate them, too. Yeah. So, so nobody plans this weekend. Nothing going on. Great. Well, have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. All right. Spring Wildlife.